0: What's going on? My name is David and I am the host of the Make Wake Podcast. I find it a privilege and an honor that you have pressed play on this episode. And uh, I'm stoked because today we have two incredible guys named Brad and Joel, who let's just say, they have been on an adventure together. They biked over 8,200 kilometers for raising awareness of human trafficking and sex trafficking. That means all the way from Belgium, to India yes you heard that correctly from Belgium to India and this is our conversation today these guys are passionate about getting the awareness and raise the eyes and notice that this is happening in our world so i can't wait for you guys to listen in to this conversation today but before we get to today's conversation with brad and joel this podcast is brought to you by lively film creations if you're looking for a video to be done for your business a wedding music video anything creative that involves video editing and filming lively film creations is a professional Production company based out of London, Ontario, specializing in cinematic quality videos. They provide and deliver quality because they're professional. They're awesome. My wife and I, we've used them for baby announcements. We've used them for so many things in our lives. And he is an incredible creator, Brent and his team. So make sure you reach out to them through Facebook, Instagram, or by email. All of that stuff will be linked in the show notes below. And guess what? Brent and his team at Lively Film are willing to give you a 15% discount if you use the promo code when you reach out to them make wake promo 15 so if you're dm'ing them emailing them calling them whatever you do just say make wake promo 15 and they'll give you a 15% discount, and that's all linked in the show notes below. This podcast is also brought to you by SGCA. Contact the team at SGCA for all your local design, your signage, vehicle wrapping, anything to promote your business where you need to get the name out. They are your team for all of those things. They've been helping entrepreneurs since 2005. SGCA is located in Clinton, Ontario, and guess what? They've got an incredible amount of a resume that says they know what they're doing so make sure you check out their instagram at sign guys canada all of that stuff will be linked in the show notes as well like i said we've got a conversation today with brad and joel all around their bike ride across the world raising money and awareness for human trafficking but also providing care and uh, just an incredible conversation guys i can't wait for you guys to listen to this one so here's brad and joel Well, today we've got two incredible guys that I love to be able to call friends. We've got Brad and Joel on the podcast today, and these guys are two incredible young men. Dudes, I want to call them, because they are total dudes. Uh, And if you're watching on the YouTube, you can see that these guys smile like crazy. And they're incredible guys that know what it means to step up and live a life of influence that impacts people around them, not just themselves. So, boys, I want to say welcome, and how's
1: it going? Dude. Thanks for having us. It's
2: yeah, going man. well. Going well. Yeah.
1: You said yeah. young men. One of us is still a young. Ad. I was, yeah,
0: I was going to say, man, because Brad, he, uh, we met in Bible college, and I was the youngest at Bible college and Brad was the oldest at Bible college.
2: <laughs> I did like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. You were, yeah. What, what were you, a mature student? I was a mature student. Yeah. I was closer to age with most of the professors than yeah. most of the students.
0: <laughs> but boys, it was so good uh, to be able to make this work and have you on the podcast because when I met you guys back in 2015, 2016, um, I believe those were the years that we met It feels so mm-hmm. long ago. Um, I would describe you guys as humble, loving, and willing to serve at any point possible. And uh, you guys have a pretty, pretty incredible story regarding a bike ride that you guys did uh, back a few years ago. And uh, I'm really excited to be able to talk with you guys about this because it was for a cause and to raise awareness all around human trafficking and sex trafficking and you guys rode over 8,200 kilometers, raised $35,000 plus, and you rode from Belgium all the way to India. Like, you guys must have legs that are just size of tree trunks now, eh? We did when we got back. Yeah, not no more. <laughs> not no more. Not no more. But boys, before we get into the ride and, and the reason and the heart behind it all, um, why don't you just give the listeners a little bit of a snapshot of who you are? what's going on in your life, and uh,
2: then we can get into the bike ride. Um, I'll go first, I guess. Uh, what's going on in my life now, post-bike trip, or just in general? Just in general. What's going on? Uh, nothing. we, uh, we we're we both gotten married in the last two years. So we're mm-hmm. both married men now. Uh, I have a kid on the way, due August 25th, having right a boy. On. Very excited about that. And... Yeah. Yeah, man. Just really enjoying the summer right now in beautiful British Columbia where it's nice and hot and sunny, which I, I love. A lot of people hate how hot it's been lately, but um, I'm a big fan of it. That's awesome. You're, you're a business owner. I am. Jiu-jitsu <laughs> uh, practitioner. Yeah, we're both training a lot of jiu-jitsu. So anyone listening um, who wants to get into martial arts, please go train some jiu-jitsu. It's the <laughs> best. It's the best. And Joel, yeah. how
0: about you, buddy?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, Yeah, got married last year, right before COVID hit. Um, Had to jet back early from the honeymoon. Was living in Vancouver for a while. Uh, My wife and I just went to Nepal to work with another great organization, not the one we did the bike trip for, called uh, Ally Global. And we were in there just just learning from the people who are running the safe homes and trying to support however we can. Again, had to come back early because of COVID. And... Yeah, now here, uh, continuing to work with Ally and heading out to Ontario in oh, 10 days for yeah. law school. So, yeah, life's that's wild, incredible. but it's, it's good.
0: So, you got a baby on the way on one way and then a move across the country for schooling on the other way. And uh, you guys are definitely two guys that understand what it means to do something well. And that's what I want to focus our conversation around today is this bike ride that you guys did back in 2017 or 2016. And, um, the, the ride itself, just thinking of it is massive, but the heart behind it is even bigger. I think, do you guys want to give a, an understanding of what was the whole heart behind riding so far and raising the money that you guys did for the, raising the awareness of human trafficking and sex trafficking in our world? Yeah.
1: Um, for me, I think I, I was just kind of at a point where I was stuck. I was working a, a dead end job in Edmonton, mm-hmm. kind of living. I was, I was pretty depressed. Uh, just come off a breakup. I was just feeling like I didn't know what my purpose was. I knew I wanted to help people, mm-hmm. but I didn't have my degree yet. And I kind of, from all I'd heard, that kind of ruled you out from helping. It's like, well, you got to go get your degree. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you can, and then you can go help, you know, cause then you have education, you have a backing. And I was like, well, I, I have this heart to, to make a difference in this area of human trafficking. What can I do without a degree, without actually becoming an expert in a field um, and doing years of study. And I realized I can just go do something crazy and the crazier it is, the more people look at it and the more people that look at it, the more awareness and the more money we can raise. So I just thought, man, on my heart is um, just to encounter people of all different backgrounds, learn from them and it's for justice and adventure and so i was like how can i combine all those things bike trip across the world um and yeah and my buddy david punamanil started an organization called lighthouse voyage He kind of had the vision around the same time as i did but Mm -hmm. we didn't know so we met at uh at trinity came back for the fall semester after this impactful summer and he's like, dude, I got to tell you about something. I'm like, dude, I got to tell you about something. And he's like, I'm starting this organization and I'm sitting there just smiling because I'm like, awesome. I know where the money's going now. I didn't wow. know. I just, I just thought I'm going to do this trip and I'll find an organization to to raise it for. And then it turned out to be a friend. And so I knew where all the money was going, how it was all going to be used. And it just mm-hmm. kind of worked out.
0: Mm-hmm. What yeah. What sparked, what sparked it for you, Joel, the human trafficking and all that kind of stuff? Like, what was
1: it that yeah, I think for me, it all ties back to ex-girlfriends. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, there was a... There's a, there's first, a topic for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, I won't go into too much detail. My first girlfriend, she, she was probably one of the first people that made me aware that human trafficking is a thing that exists when I was about 16. And it just it kind of just, as it does to any of us, when we realize that like we grow up in all this freedom and then you realize that there's people living in captivity not even able to choose what is done to their bodies. Um, it's kind of a, an opening and shocking revelation. Mm. And so I think for me that was kind of it. It was like, well, this exists and I have some sort of ability to do something about it. And then having my own struggles with, with pornography and the way I objectified and saw people as the other, as opposed to a human being and a divine being, um, I was just like, yeah, it's not out of a sense of guilt. It's out of a sense of declaration that we can actually live like a different way. And so that kind of added up over the years to bring me to this point of, yeah, I can do something about it and Mm -hmm. I, and I want to, and I'm going to, um, yeah. That's so cool. And Brad, how'd you get? Tracked into this. (laughs) Oh wow. Uh
2: so I've told the story a few times. Uh I have not that cool of a story compared to Joel. I we played on the same soccer team, men's league, and he was talking to my brother about this bike trip he's gonna do. And I literally was it was either at the end of practice or something. I was walking 10 feet behind him, heard him talking, and he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna do this bike trip and seeing if anyone would come with me, but I'll just do it myself, whatever. And I literally was like, dude, I'll come with you. And like we weren't even like that good of friends. No. We like barely knew each other at that no. point. And I just said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll go with you," and that was it. Yeah. that's mm-hmm. how I got hooked in.
1: We really, we yeah. really.
2: People ask, like, "Oh, yeah, you must have been such good friends." We did not know no. each other. We played maybe five soccer games mm-hmm. together. It was very early on, yeah. And uh, and obviously that from that moment on, I kind of committed on the spot and I don't think Joel believed me that I would actually do it because I I, I mean I was I was at a place in my life too where I just kind of had nothing going for me like I wasn't dating I wasn't I may have been at CBC at that point. Yeah, we should probably just do like a breakup podcast. Yeah. You, you guys should start, start all a podcast on
0: how to how to chase after your dreams
1: and your passions after a breakup or
2: yeah, not. You gotta, you gotta get in a
1: relationship and you gotta end it. Yeah. And then you can go change the <laughs> world. So Brad, yeah, yeah you
0: you kind of committed and said, Yeah, I'm doing this. And then what did that look like? What was the heart behind
2: it for you? Just hearing the story of of wanting to do it or Honestly, I felt like I was so, I mean, maybe I had deeper issues that I didn't know at the time that I, I was working through, but honestly, I just felt like I needed to be some sort of support system for Joel and Dave. Oh, and,
0: wow.
2: Uh, not that I didn't, wasn't dealing with my own issues, obviously, but uh, yeah, I, I also just, I like doing crazy things and that sounded crazy and to kind of do something crazy that would actually be beneficial to maybe a handful of people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like that, that's pretty cool. Um Knowing that the bike ride was going to be like torturous, which it was at certain points, yeah, um yeah. So that's kind of how I got involved. Yeah. Like I'd been, tra- I'd been traveling a bit kind of before this trip, and so I obviously was, you know, you get the travel bug, and mm-hmm. and this sounded like a crazy traveling adventure and a way that I could actually do something proactive as opposed to just aimlessly wandering the world. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: It's funny because watching you guys go through the ride and get prepared for it. like I, It's funny that we met through Bible college, uh, Brad and I, and then I got to meet Joel through it. I came actually, couch surfed on Brad's couch for a bit for a couple of weekends. I had crazy allergy attacks allergy on those old coach, couches. Yeah. And I uh, came and watched you guys play soccer. And just meeting and seeing the two of you, it was just like, and knowing that the bike ride was happening, I was so incredibly grateful to know two guys that were going to step into a world. Um, that there's a lot of great things going on, but there's a lot of darkness as well. Mm-hmm. And then to hear and chat with you guys just one-on-one before the ride and the preparation and hearing your hearts behind it, it was just like, I just knew that it was going to make an impact. It wasn't mm-hmm. going to fall f- like flat on its face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved your guys' honesty of how crazy it was because watching you guys do it through Instagram and then global TV interviews across the world and all that kind of stuff. It was just incredible to see the transformation of who you guys were in the moments as well. Mm -hmm. But what I want to kind of ask you next is, When you guys get this idea, it starts coming uh, into play. And it's actually, wow, this is a reality. It's happening. There's a start date. How did people receive it? What were people's thoughts? What was the support like for the two of you? And also the organization of Lighthouse, right? Because you've talked about Dave. He's an incredible guy that was passionate. And he stepped out as well. And then you guys stepped into
2: it with him, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big thing for me, I don't know if this answers your question fully, but I think a lot of the questions we had before going into it is like, you know, if people are going to donate, like, where's the money going, like what's it going mm-hmm. towards? And I think a big thing for me kind of doing this is I, I wanted literally every penny to go towards the organization, which it did like me and Joel mm-hmm. paid for everything ourselves. We had some awesome sponsors we, yeah. who like covered some certain aspects yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially but yeah. like we paid for flights. We have the bikes were donated. We paid for a lot of the access. Mm. No, no, the accessories were, were donated. Some of that stuff was donated. But like yeah. flights we paid for ourselves. We each mm-hmm. brought a lump sum of our, like we worked like for weeks before going <laughs> cause we wanted to save up money cause we didn't want any donated money to be used You know, for you for ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was like, that was really big for me because Yes. That, that kind of stuff bothers me when you're, you know, you're donating to a charity, you're trying to help out and a lot of the money can go to admin and all that kind of stuff, which is necessary a lot of the times as well. But in this case, the organization was small, so small and they needed, Mm -hmm. they needed that money um, to be able to go to the kids as soon as possible. And what was happening over in India. So that was big for me, making sure that like me and Joel paid for absolutely as much as we Mm -hmm. could out of our own pocket as opposed to donation money. Yeah. I think another, another
1: thing that was funny at the start was just people's, They would have just asked us, you know, what are you doing for prep? You know, everyone's like, what are you doing for prep? What have you got for gear? All this stuff. And we literally had no idea. So we were the GPS. Yeah, we, we, well, we went with the GPS. We didn't download maps. So we got to the train. dude. We got to the train station in Belgium, our starting point. We're all packed up. We're ready to go. Our bag got lost in Amsterdam. So we're like two or three days behind already. And we get to this train station. We're getting set up, looking at the map and we're like, Dude, we didn't download any maps. (laughs) And neither of us had smartphones until like a week before the trip when we borrowed an iPhone 4 from your dad. Yeah. So we didn't even know that the phones had GPS built in. So this GP this military grade GPS we had didn't work. And we're like, okay, I guess we're just biking east. And that's what we did. It was ridiculous. But so people had concerns (laughs) and for good reason. But we came back and this one guy like saw us and he's like, dude. I honestly thought you guys were going to die. And it was just like, well, you're not really a good friend. You probably should have told us that before we went. Yeah. Um, but I think that was a lot of it It was just people like, like, whoa, you might die. Do you have enough gear? Are you ready? I had Mm -hmm. my one friends, uh, at the time fiance or girlfriend, um, literally bring us like these energy bites and like all these things that we should have had but she was like Mm -hmm. wanted to make sure we stayed
2: alive Mm -hmm. so yeah there's a lot of concern just actually around our lives if we'd make it our our first like couple hundred kilometers because we didn't have a gps we literally we had an ipad and we'd have to find wi-fi and we rooted from where we were to where we needed to go in cologne germany and we just screenshotted the map everything everything just like 15 pages of screenshots to follow this route 250 kilometers to across three countries and we got like lost so many times we had to stop and ask people like where's this town And you know in Germany it's like all these small towns throughout the countryside and yeah it was crazy it was and crazy. then finally we got to Cologne we did download a map and we got the whole thing but that first like week was screenshots of Google Maps trying yeah. to get to Cologne Crazy. goodness so
0: people received it just basically hopefully these guys survive yeah Um, and
1: And like amazed at at at, like they're like oh you you know as many people do they're like oh great great Mm -hmm. heart you know whatever and and some people were very generous but it was that kind of general reception Mm -hmm. of like that's insane how did the how did uh
0: dave and the team at lighthouse take it like what was their response in supporting you
1: guys and loving and getting you guys prepped like Oh, they were, they were awesome in every way. Dave has one of the biggest hearts of anyone I've ever met. Mm -hmm. Um, He loves people. He's passionate about people. Uh, He cares. So he's all heart. That's what I say Mm -hmm. about Dave. He is all heart. He uh, and the team, they were so caring and helping set up. Like one of the team members was the person who made the connection with global. So we could Mm -hmm. do those interviews Mm -hmm. and spread the word more. We'd be going along the way. And like on Brad's birthday, they sent like, couple hundred dollars to just like to celebrate brad wow um things like that it was Mm -hmm. so it really felt like we had a family behind us with
2: the lighthouse team they're Mm -hmm. they're the best yeah yeah, they were awesome yeah the whole trip you could email them they'd get right back to you if we needed anything within minutes like so quick
0: that's cool now another another idea of is people receiving it was when you guys got over there like people seeing two guys with bikes packed up like if you go on their instagram people that are listening right now and you see into the silent planets instagram page like it wasn't just bikes that were stripped down as light as possible it was literally like you guys had a house on top of your bike or on the sides of your bikes how did people receive it over there we looked like
2: idiots yeah we looked like idiots <laughs> and then we i had long really long hair at the time and we both didn't shave the whole time so we looked pretty homeless going over there already yeah. so we fit the bill i guess Yeah. For some reason I
1: was like, we need to wear hiking boots in case we like get off our bikes and need to hike. So we, we did not wear any biking gear. We had just regular shorts, t-shirts, or usually no shirt and hiking boots on these massive bikes. And we looked like idiots. Um, but I think, yeah, over there, cycling is definitely more like to do that kind of trip. It's definitely more commonplace, but when we stopped and had conversations with people, um it was honestly awesome there were everyone would wave everyone wanted to engage mm-hmm. everyone wanted to talk and like we tried to move at we, we had to go fast we were mm-hmm. trying to do 100 kilometers a day but we wanted to move at a pace that mm-hmm. we could stop and like see people and, wow. and be with people mm-hmm. and those were the most impactful yeah. parts yeah we got taken trip. in a
2: lot by by people who would just stop and talk at the end of our day and like what are you guys mm-hmm. doing we're like oh we're just gonna go camp by this field on the side of the highway. I'm like, Oh, why don't you come in? You know, yeah. we'll make you pizza and come crash on our couch. So that happened a decent bit. Well, I awesome. did, I did,
0: I did some research before because I was like, man, I got to re- get refreshed for this conversation. I checked out the Instagram page. You did use those hiking boots, though, <laughs> when the water came across some of your paths. I saw you guys carrying the bikes through water. Those boots came in good, man. So
1: yeah, you know, in, the, oh, in so the end, it was probably a good thing. It was, good I don't call. know, the ankle support.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's hilarious. So. You guys are riding, right? And I bet what I've been learning through this process, right, is uh, actually, Joel, you and I are both riding for um, an event on August 7th called Ally Global Move for Freedom. I'm doing 100 kilometers. I think you're doing 12 hours, 12 plus hours at least. Um, And what I'm learning through it is... um, you have to go through some sort of suffering to understand a little bit of what these people are experiencing through human trafficking, sex trafficking, and these things that are, are that are just horrific that are happening to people's lives. Um, As you guys are on this ride, you're biking, trying to do a hundred kilometers a day. You must be going through the mental fatigue, the physical fatigue, um, getting maybe on each other's <laughs> nerves a little bit every once in a while. Like what are the lessons that you guys learned while you guys were on this ride and trying to stay on the mission of understanding what you guys are doing, but also kind of putting yourselves in the shoes. I know you probably physically can't put yourself in the shoes of what these people have went through. Um, probably won't ever be able to understand it, but through that, what did you guys listen, like listen to and also learn about yourselves?
2: Yeah. We, we joked that, that the bike trip was marriage practice because we oh. just got on each other's <laughs> nerves way more than probably people know. And you'll find out eventually through a book, but anyway, we'll get into that another time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I would probably say the physical was not as like hard as I thought it Not that it wasn't hard, but it wasn't as hard as maybe I kind of chalked it up to be in my mind. Mentally was tougher. I would say definitely. Mm-hmm. Cause you're biking. Yeah. hundred plus K a day, pretty much in silence, pretty desolate areas. All you have are your thoughts and yeah, you do a lot of thinking when you're out there and then you go sleep on the side of a road in a sweaty sleeping bag in a really gross tent and without hoping, showering, without showering for like days at a time. And you're sweaty within an hour of getting up in the morning mm. and, uh, now, that didn't bother me being dirty is fine, but um yeah and <laughs> yeah it's definitely it was way more mentally taxing than physically taxing, I would say. Yeah. And I, I think that I that. think I think you're yeah, I think you're right, uh Dave, that like
1: I don't know, I don't know if it's like we have to suffer in order to do something for mm-hmm. these people or to relate or what that because it's kind of a weird thing, you know what I mean? It's kind of like mm-hmm. a strange yeah, thing I know, to think. I do we have to suffer so that we can you know align ourselves with someone who is suffering but it's just that i think it for me it's the understanding mm. how simple my life is and that i have the freedom to do whatever i want with my body mm. and my time and my money and my energy and it's and it's this conscious choice to say i'm going to do something difficult mm. not to relate necessarily but to But to, because that's how we show people where our, our hearts lie is the things we sacrifice for and the things we show our, passionate about Mm -hmm. is like what we deem important. And I just want to say like, I'm willing to do something. I'm willing to bike across the world for this cause. I'm willing to bike for 12 hours straight for this cause because I can. Mm -hmm. And then people look at that. And so I was, I think that's part of it is like, cool. Yeah, I I think that's how I would best put it into words, and that's not super. I eloquent, think that's a great but, way to put it. I think that's a great way yeah. to put it. Like, um, yeah, maybe we don't have
0: to suffer, but there's this understanding of like, I get to do this to understand and to
1: raise the awareness. I, I love yeah. that. Yeah, nobody's that's gonna word. nobody's gonna give money if you say I'm gonna sit on my couch for ten hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? But someone is because it's so rare to mm-hmm. sacrifice and to. Uh, seek discomfort in this day and age you know brad always talks about that we always are people are seeking comfort to go out there and do something that is uncomfortable intentionally Mm -hmm. it it raises eyebrows and it makes people Mm -hmm. ask questions so i think that was Mm -hmm. that was the heart but brad's spot on mentally it was a grind you're you're out there on the road it's so hard to ride beside each other in so many places so we're just like I'm up ahead and I'm a control freak so I always want to be in control always want to be in the front and Brad's lagging behind going slower than I want him to and I'm just thinking in my head Brad's a freaking idiot why doesn't he speed up we're never going to get to India and he's probably just I don't even know I don't even know if you're thinking you've just got your heavy metal going (laughs) and he's you know and then and so we're always it's always this like emotional battle to see the best in each other Mm -hmm. and to keep coming back to like yeah because two weeks in, we're like, how the heck are we doing this for five more months?
2: Oh, and, yeah.
1: and it really was. It had to come down to we've committed to yeah. these people mm-hmm. and to this cause. And so for that reason, and we, mm-hmm. we
2: kept each other. like, Oh, yeah. Like, there, there was no turning back, man. I remember I had a yeah. very emotional moment coming out of Prague. Um, and just, yeah, I was like a couple weeks in and I was just like, okay, five and a half more months of this. Good. Yeah. And it's like, it's horrible. But you're just like, yeah, you just knew why you were doing it. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was just, he like just, we just chose to do it. There was no, we didn't even give ourselves an option to come home at any point. It's like, nah, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got a bike, 100 plus K a day to get to India. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was kind of, that was it. Yeah. There's no questioning yeah. that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good times. <laughs> yeah. I can't
0: imagine the mental game that you guys went through and the questioning inside of your head sometimes but that just that push through like no we're committed like Mm -hmm. this is a commitment we're on this ride you got people back home that are cheering you on you got people that were waiting for you in India right Mm -hmm. um to receive you guys coming in what was what was something that like you guys probably got stories upon stories upon stories of being taken in by people and, and people loving on you. You guys have any f- interesting, funny, good, scary. I know Kazakhstan was crazy. But yeah. You guys said Kazakhstan was something that was just treacherous. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, um, what do you think? I think the Georgia story is too long.
2: Georgia story is too long, but it'll be in the book. There'll yeah. be a book. We'll talk. Yeah. A there's a
0: book coming uh-huh. out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so we were just really quick when we were talking the other day, we were joking about this, how we were, Joel was just talking about how hard it was to ride beside each other. we were, we were coming out of a day of doing just one really, really big hill. We were super tired, got to the top of the mountain, started biking down. It was downhill for like 20 K. We were so jacked up. And so we're literally like riding on our bike side by side on this highway. And we're like singing. And we were just, we were just so pumped. The small joys on this bike trip is shocking. So Joel, we're trying to ride a Joel reaches his hand out to go grab my hand. We wanted to hold hands riding down this bike. This is a true story. And I must have somehow started leaning more in towards Joel. And Joel ended up basically biking off the road. His bike dropped probably eight inches off the asphalt and his whole back tires went bang and it popped. And I don't know how Joel managed to stay on his bike but he stayed on his bike and we're freaking out. I'm thinking, Holy, he's going to flip head over heels. <laughs> we're in the middle of nowhere. Where was it? Kyrgyzstan Yeah. in Kyrgyzstan. And he managed to stay on his bike. And that was probably one of the scariest moments on that whole bike trip. And I thought Joel was literally just going to like yeah. head over heels, road rash face.
1: Yeah. There's like a median
2: here. And then the
1: eight inches back up to the road here. And I'm just hitting like bolt mini boulders in the shoulder. As I'm popping, I pop back on the road and it was, it sounded oh. like a gunshot. My tire exploded. <laughs> um, shout out to Marathon tires though. The tire didn't actually explode. The the tube inside just it the tube. exploded. And it but the the tire And the rim, the rim was so janky. Yeah. Like so we we were we were at the side of the road sitting with this this bent rim and I'm trying to tighten spokes and loosen spokes to make it straight. We had no idea what we're doing with bikes. We had an app <laughs> that had like bike repairs on it and that it needed Wi-Fi to work. So we're just sitting there like, well we don't know what we're doing and them. we're just like man you know god something something's gotta happen here we, mm-hmm. we need someone to come pick us up and we and cars are whipping by but nobody has room for two fully loaded bikes and two dudes man. and then as we're just like we're just praying and throughout the trip many times i would just hear this like have i let you down yet have i let you down yet oh wow and i just go no no you haven't and then the next m- moment Uh, A big empty passenger van comes by. Guy pulls over. It's awesome. Gets his daughter on the phone with us. She speaks some English. Let's let's him know what we need. He drives us Mm. to his town. But then in his town, they didn't have what we needed. So the rim never got fixed. So we ended up biking out of that town. And we're, we're just between Kyrgyzstan and China. And we end up on the highway. This guy just pulls over beside us. And he's like, dude, we own a yurt camp you like come stay at our yurt camp so we're like sick so we bike up to their yurt camp and uh and the young guy who's running it he's like you guys like sauna and we're like yeah sauna sounds cool <laughs> so he's like awesome we'll do sauna tonight come meet me out at the sauna there's just this little shack and so it's dark and we go out and come into the sauna he's there in his boxers we go in strip down our boxers and he gives us these like furry hats it's like put on these furry hats. <laughs> We put on these furry hats. We're sitting there in the sauna. We're so hot and the hats make it even hotter. And then he's like, one of you leave. So we look at each other. We're like, what? So Brad leaves the room and I'm just there and he's like "Lay down." Brad leaves you? Brad leaves me with this guy <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, lay down. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what is about to happen to me. And all of a sudden I'm just there and I hear some rustling sounds like leaves or branches or something. And then I just feel stinging across my back. And I look back and this guy is just whipping me with a branch, a literal branch with (laughs) leaves and branches and twigs. And he's dipping it in the hot water and then just whipping. it. And I'm like, it's stinging. And I'm just writhing and like, what is happening? And Brad's outside just hearing this like thwack, thwack. (laughs) And then it started to feel really good. And it was like this like weird massage thing and what? whatever. And then he's like, now get up and run into the river. So I just leave the room, burst past <laughs> Brad. who's like, what's <laughs> happening? Sprint out with my furry hat on, jump in the river. And it's like the best feeling in the world. And it was honestly awesome. We felt yeah. so refreshed the next day. Yeah. Then Brad went in and got yeah, his he treatment. this
2: twice. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> again, again, hands. again. Yeah. <laughs> and then diving into like a glacier river. And because yeah. you're so hot from being in the sauna and your back is on fire from being whipped by a branch, you could stay in this glacier river for like five minutes yeah. and you feel so refreshed. Like you yeah. don't even feel cold.
1: Yeah. It's wild. And the next morning they just bring us down to their food supply and they're just like, take whatever you need. Wow. And it was like, there was no shops, no places to buy food between there and China. It was another mm-hmm. hundred and some K and we had no idea. And it was like, that's the only reason we had enough food to make it. Mm-hmm. To China was those guys, and wow. we met them at the side of the road. So yeah,
2: there's a little, a little story. That for was you. a really short one. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I can't. Yeah. I
0: like you hinted towards the book, and we'll talk about that in a few short minutes here. But you, you, you hinted at and alluded to something, saying that you asked God, like, come on, like, like we've got to have an answer to prayer right now, and we've got to yeah. lean into this. And yeah, you said that you constantly or you heard a few a voice every once in a while say have i let you down yet yeah you you guys are christ followers here you two guys that understand that jesus died for you and loved you and sees you and your faith is pretty big in your life um kind of talk about that kind of um formation of your faith through this ride like were there these big aha moments of seeing God Were these were the little moments of the ahas where you see God's hand upon you guys in these moments?
2: Hmm. Um, That's a great question. First, my, yeah. my probably my biggest takeaway from this trip and it, it maybe it's weird. Um, I think, I think it's probably weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think beforehand I always had this idea that people were inherently bad. And i think on the trip i learned that i think people are innately good um mm. because man the amount of time like stories like we just told you it's like man the most random people despite race religion mm. um, where you live in the world um we, we had so many we had i mean we were in azerbaijan one time we were sitting down having tea with this guy and he was this muslim guy and uh he kept pointing i have a giant back tattoo a huge cross on my back and he kept pointing to it and just shaking his head being like no no bad bad like and i was just okay cool man and we just still shared tea with this guy for like Mm -hmm. half an hour on the side of this road and this this young
1: guy came and translated and brad asked you asked the guy Mm -hmm. ask him what he thinks of our tattoos Mm -hmm. and the translator said he hates your tattoos but he loves you Mm -hmm. and it was like
2: such a cool uh, i don't know and it was amazing tea aziri tea is phenomenal and We were like, yeah, some garnish. He just picked from his like Mm -hmm. side of his house and put this garnish in the team. We sat and he translated with his son or whatever for a while and we half an hour and he was like, man, the the guy was, he was awesome. We have photos with him and stuff. And there might actually be a photo on the Instagram account with with us. But uh, yeah, man, I just, I feel like I, people are good, man. Yeah. I really do Mm -hmm. think people are good. Wow. I think uh,
1: two big things for me, Um, it's like when you live, with an immediate need for God, you're going to see him more, you know, you're going to see him provide more when you live in such a way. And for us, I learned that on the trip, but I learned it more from the people we met, like on the trip, there were a number of occasions like that. Like we were in China needing a SIM card and we got there in the middle of a seven day national holiday. All the shops were shut down. The ones that were open couldn't get us stuff for like a number of days since we weren't Chinese. um, It was very difficult for us to get a passport. And or not a passport, a SIM card. And we go to the shop and the guy's like, it'll be a week. And we're like, what? We've already been in Beijing for like five days. We can't be here another week. And I just stepped out of the shop and I I just heard God say, have I let you down yet? We went back in and he gets off the phone with someone. He's like two hours. And it was just kind of crazy things like that. And then we go to India and we meet these people who just started taking in girls to just girls who are vulnerable, orphans. Um, And they're just, they're just taking them in and caring for them. And they say, we never have money in our account. Every time it comes in, we spend it on them and on people Mm -hmm. in our community. And, and they're like, and we never don't have money in our account because as soon as we spend it, we get some back, someone gives it like, and it's like, we don't live like that. We don't live with an immediate pressing need. We create these safety boxes around ourselves. So we don't actually have to rely on God for things. And then I think my second thing that I learned that was really impactful was it's not about how well you do the thing. It's that you do the thing, um, when it comes to, when it comes to being obedient. And so for example, Brad and I are terrible on Instagram. We're horrible at social media. Our pictures were crap. We made no good videos. We were the worst at advertising it. Um, And, and it wasn't about that. It was about like, I kept being like, Oh man, what if, what if we don't raise the money? Or what if we don't get more followers? Or what if we come back home and nobody cares about the trip anymore, which inevitably they will. And that interest fades. Um, but it was like, it's about you getting up and pedaling every morning. That's what I really Mm. clearly felt. It's about, it's not about any of that stuff. It's about you waking up and putting your feet to the pedals every day. And I think that's life. Yeah, it's about, it's about continuing to be obedient. So I'd say those are some of the, mm-hmm. some of the big things we learned. And yeah. I completely agree with what you said. Mm-hmm. I think the two things, well,
0: I guess the three things that you guys alluded to about learning about your faith, and it, it's, it's people-oriented too, right? It's, <coughs> it's the fact that you get to see people with value. You're seeing them past their social differences, their beliefs, um, everything, and you're seeing them as someone that you get to just love and care for. And they're, and I love how Brad, you're like, he's like, I hate your tattoos, but like, I love you guys. Like that is just, it's an insane testimony to see that you can have differences and still be in community with people. You can still do life with other people. And, uh, those are massive, massive, massive learnings. And I love hearing those kinds of stories. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. So when you guys get to India, or do you guys want to talk about Kazakhstan? For or was it Kazakhstan
2: that you guys Palestine, like? Yeah, no, yeah, That's the yeah. We, we could it's talk It's like literal, towns, literal mountains, in, right? In yeah, you no, know, Kazakhstan's flat. It's it, flat. The there, desert, there, man. there
1: are mountains on the one side, and up north, I believe we were just in flat, dry desert. It was like if Saskatchewan um was always.
2: 40 degrees and nothing was growing there. It
1: really felt like Saskatchewan, which is just a horrible, horrible place.
2: I, I always tell people um, Kazakhstan was like taking taking a stationary bike and just putting it in one room and just biking for five days, not leaving that room. It's just the same. The landscape is identical yeah. for five days.
1: Yeah. So you feel like you're just
2: going in like a loop. And there was a headwind and it was above
1: 40 degrees every day. So in Kazakhstan, basically we just started, mm-hmm. we would bike, get up at six we'd bike till like 10 or 11 in the Mm -hmm. morning and then it was too hot so we would go find like a flood tunnel under the road and we would just sit in a flood tunnel brad would pass out and try and sleep Mm kind of like half sleep yeah it was so and i would just sit there and we'd sit there till 5 p.m so just six hours of nothing we would just sit there and then we cook dinner
2: and we'd go ride. We'd ride till the sun went down. Yeah, much. ride till like nine. Or we'd try to find water because that was the other yeah. thing. Five five days in the desert, there's no water in every town. There's like three towns along this like 500k stretch, but they were all like eight kilometers off the main highway. Or they didn't actually exist. Or they, they showed on the map
1: exist. and we'd get there and be like, we'd be <laughs> expecting, oh yes, we're almost at this town and there's nothing. Yeah. And you're just looking around. So we had to ask every single time we saw any sort of building. Mm-hmm we would go and ask for water and they, they'd always do it. They'd always go to their well. They'd pull a bucket out, just pour it in. Mm -hmm. So unfiltered well water.
2: We had people in cars stop and give us bottles of Coke. We, at one point we tried cutting across this desert part and we ended up pretty much getting lost, but stumbling across this mm -hmm. Muslim. um, It was like an underground,
1: it was an underground mosque system. Yeah. I don't know what it is. In the middle of the desert. I don't know what that means, but they said that's what it was. And we're like, (laughs) Very cool. We'll take your word for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys got water? Yeah, water.
2: And we slept there. Yeah. And I tried uh, Kazakh chewing tobacco with the homeowner. It was pretty gross. <laughs> um, I got a huge head rush. It was crazy. <laughs> and we just snacked with them for like a day. Yeah. And like hung out with them. They showed us their property and yeah. met their little son who was probably like eight or nine years old. And Yeah, and showed us where the highway was the next day. Yeah, because we were literally – there's no road. We're literally on, like, sand roads. Like, we couldn't even bike. We had to walk our bikes because the sand was too loose, so we couldn't bike, and we walked to this mosque. Yeah, it's crazy, man.
0: Yeah, jeez. So you guys get – like, we got to talk about the end of the trip. Yeah. What was that like, getting there? was – yeah, we crossed the border flight.
2: and got off our bikes and threw them on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> never again. The end,
1: honestly, the end of the trip was funny because uh, India and Nepal have an open border, um, which is a, actually quite a negative thing because it leads to a lot of traffic. It's so a easy lot of to get traffic across the border. But we biked and we're just going, we're like, where the heck is this border? Like, where's mm-hmm. where's someone going to stop us and check our passports? And we looked at the GPS and we were in India and we we're like, oh. <laughs> cool we made it and then <laughs> but then we had to turn around and this sucked and bike back and like get our passport stamped so we could actually like mm-hmm. get out legally be in the country and leave like get out when we needed to yeah. um and then as we we had a buddy we met with in Nepal and he had a connection in India that we were heading for and as we come back get our things stamped and then we go and we're like okay well We got a bike another 30, 40 kilometers into the city Mm -hmm. and Brad had eaten nothing. He'd been throwing up the whole day before. So he rode 140 K on an empty stomach and was just so sick. But we were like, we had to finish. And so as we're leaving again to about to cross this open border, we just hear our names get shouted. And it's my buddy had arrived on his flight, got picked up by the guy and they'd missed their turn, which is the only reason we saw them. And we look at them and look at each other. We're like, dude, we're putting our bikes in that vehicle and we're, we made it to, we already made, we're like, we made it to India. Yeah. We are not biking yeah. one bit further. And that was, that was kind of it. And we made yeah. it there. And our, our time in India was basically traveling progressively South through the country, connecting with different people who were doing that kind of work. The first mm-hmm. guy, he, he is a pastor and he has a, a church property and he's like, there's this woman and her children, one of her daughters was trafficked um, she's been rescued, but we need a place for them to stay. So we built a, we built a home on their, on their property, a little church compound. Yeah. A little, yeah. little church compound. Uh-huh. We built a home and then we went, we went South again and we met that couple that said, we never have money in our account. And they do a similar thing, but they just, they just bring in
2: girls who They're are vulnerable. They're renoing a house to have the girls stay in like, like a safe s- home. Yeah. They are renoing a house, turning it into a safe home. They had caretakers all kind of like working with these seven it was seven girls. Yeah, We met them ranging from, you know, two or three years old to like probably 12, 13, maybe yeah. being the oldest. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then uh, went down to Bangalore and connected
1: with some people who were working uh, for IJM, mm-hmm. International Justice yeah. Mission, amazing organization. And so they just kind of let us know, um, you know, what their, how that works down there and what it looks like. Um, A lot of people from Lighthouse's partner organization were out of country or in different areas of the country doing work. So we were more just getting a gauge of what it looks like to do this kind of work across the country. And it was really eye-opening, really amazing experience to just see the vast array of, I mean, the terrible issues and and so much corruption and stuff, but just so much hope that all these people Mm -hmm. from different backgrounds are like changing lives and that we got to be a small part of it was such an honor. Wow. Wow.
0: You'll probably never forget seeing those girls in that home and meeting them and, and even the families of the, that were bringing them in and rescuing them. And, um, I can't imagine what that felt like to see these people that have been, um, uh, abused that way and trafficked that way, um, treated that way. And, it must have just touched your hearts to be able to see, okay, these are the faces that we did this for. Um, these are the types of situations that we did this for. And it must have been, it must have felt really great and a relief to cross the border that you didn't know where it was. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, thinking about this a little bit, the last few days coming up to the interview. And seeing you guys pull through and make this thing a reality. Um, What would you say to people that have a passion or a heart for making change? But Joel, you said it's very interesting. Our Western culture is very much like you need to have a degree. You need to have something, education. You need to have letters behind your name to actually make a difference. Um, What would you say to someone that maybe is listening right now or has heard your guys' story? And you as well, Brad um that what would it look like to just step up and know that you can make a
2: difference it does you don't have to wait around start in your immediate circle mm-hmm. i don't know i don't think everyone needs to do something crazy that would be cool <laughs> to be honest um start with your immediate circle i mean covid's been pretty tough for a lot of people loneliness and all that um start there that's probably all i would say don't feel like you need to do anything crazy. Mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm amazed. I agree
1: with that, Brad. I'm amazed by, you know, it's cool that we did this thing and now we've, we've met some of these girls and met some of these people that are doing this work. And of course now our lives will always be somewhat oriented to that cause, mm-hmm. but I'm always amazed by people who have never gone and have never seen it and are like, yeah, just the fact that this exists, I'm going to, I'm going to give my money and, and step out." for that, because I believe in it. I'm impressed by those people, but I totally agree that Mm -hmm. it's about the real change happens is when you just meet people face to face, like for us more than maybe all the people who heard about it online, it was just the people we encountered day in, day out on the road. They impacted us. Hopefully our lives impacted them. And, uh, and yeah, you can use your, whatever you are passionate about, you can use that to to make a difference and i'd say that's what it is it's like inviting your immediate circle and then your wider network if you want to into what you're passionate about yeah not in a forceful way i'll always invite my buddies like i'll fire messages to brad about random fundraising stuff that i'm doing and it's not because i'm like oh you should give to this it's like dude i love you i know your heart yeah i want to invite you into this thing and he's like dude i'm getting ready to be a dad and i'm like awesome he's going to pour it. He's going to pour into that kid and raise that kid up with values. Mm -hmm. And that kid's going to impact the world more than he ever did. You know? And that's kind Mm -hmm. of the, that's kind of the thing. We think it has to be Epic. And maybe for some people, if you're oriented that way, make it Epic. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you need to bike 8,200 kilometers. (laughs) Yeah. And you can, and that's the thing is you can, you can make a difference. You can go out and do it. But I just say like, make your life, whatever you do, whether it's big or small, Make your life an invitation for other people to um, make the world a better place. Like align yourself mm-hmm. with people and causes that are actually doing it um, and make your life a declaration that there's hope in the midst of that darkness. Wow. You, have to, you have to start there. You have to actually be living in a way that it's legitimate. That when people you say like, I'm going to do this thing, people are like, yeah, that makes sense. Wow. You, do, you do display that. I, I don't know, but I think Brad's right. I think it starts with the people around you, empowering them and inviting them in. Just like I invited him to come on the you, trip. It's like- I invited myself. You invited yeah, yourself. Yeah. yeah, so invite yourself to do something <laughs> for the world um, is what I'd say. But yeah, I hope that, I hope that makes sense. I think it's, yeah. you can go out and do something crazy, but it's, but it's also like, just start with, start with where you're at, the people mm-hmm. around you and- figure out how to use your passions to the things you love to do to make Mm -hmm. the world a better place. It's
0: unreal. It's awesome. I love that. And I love hearing you guys story and we've kind of already alluded to it, but there's a book coming out and uh, I don't know when the book's coming out, but I did see Joel take a trip not too long ago to get away to write a few chapters. I bet.
1: Yes, 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 yes. I it's taken five years to get to the point where I, um, Felt able to come back to what happened. I think there was a lot Mm -hmm. of, uh, even I'd open my journals to reread some of the stuff that I processed Mm -hmm. and it was heavy and it hit my heart in a way that I'm like, Oh man, I'm not ready to get Mm -hmm. back into this yet. It's probably even why we haven't done podcasts or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and finally I realized what the story is really about. It's about Mm -hmm. the people we met along the way. It's about two really flawed idiots uh thinking that they can go across europe and asia without a map and that somehow they can make a difference in the world and uh and about that actually somehow some good stuff came out of that and some great hilarious stories so it's more of a just i'd say i'm trying to think of the genre it's like uh joel's introspective um journey of biking across the world with a dude who was way more chill than him got on his nerves (laughs) and all the ridiculously cool people we met along the way is like, I love yeah, I that know. genre. I don't know. I don't know. A, it's a new genre, boys. It's a new
2: genre. It's a. <laughs> and is Brad writing right the forward? <laughs> Joel, Joel yeah, has we'll, apologized to me many times in the last few months of how bad he makes me look in this book. Yeah, and I've just really accepted that that yeah. I'm the prick.
1: Of yeah, the two of us. Yeah. But I honestly think. But Soph is my my wife has read through some of it and she's like. I kind of make myself look bad too. So <laughs> it's just that it's like, it's, yeah. it's, we're, f- we're flawed guys trying to bike around the world. And I think that makes for a pretty entertaining and uh, thought provoking story. So mm-hmm. I don't know when it's coming out yet. Um, working on the second draft, we'll get it to an editor. I uh, got people working on the artwork and wow. I'm super excited to get it out, but I really want to do it. I want to do mm-hmm. the story justice and do the people's story that we met Mm-hmm. Uh, justice and honor, honor them, mm-hmm. and try and honor this guy somehow in it all. So we're trying to edit it up, and it'd be great. Really excited mm-hmm. to release, and mm-hmm. yeah, for I guess people who want to follow that journey of the book, um, I mean, they can reach out to you, and and you you can connect them with us. And slowly, we'll start to get a newsletter okay. and stuff going. But for now, it's just it's coming.
0: That's cool. No, that's an, it's incredible. It's gonna it's definitely gonna bring a lot of light onto the story of you guys journeying through this i really do believe that like it's 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 one about speaking and having conversations like this and that's what i love about podcasts love that about interviews and going out for coffee with friends and family and people in your life that are making an impact that you get to hear stories but there's something about it putting like pen to paper or typing on a laptop and then putting into a book form so it can last for a really long time and and the amount of eyes that will be able to see it and read it and hear about it even more than just being able to sit down with you guys. It's just incredible. So boys, I'm so glad that I get to call you friends. I'm so glad that you two guys are all about making sure that you're raising people up in your lives. Um, I know that you'll continue to do that with your lives. And I just want to say thanks so much for being on the podcast and uh, journeying through this conversation with me.
1: Dude, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. You're the yeah. man. If
0: anyone wants to reach out to you guys, how do they reach out? Um, We're really good on social media, Yeah, as we said, said,
2: so. um, I think my phone number is... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just
1: give
0: your phone number out.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm back on Instagram. It's been a mm-hmm. while. But uh, that's, I guess that's the best and easiest way that most people are doing. Or, mm-hmm. or just the end of the silent planet, Instagram yeah yeah right we still have access to we that we still have access to that it's still up there are a couple pictures Into yeah into the silent planet if people want it, yeah i guess mm-hmm. that's a good way to reach out yeah. and if you want to look through the journey and our terrible photo quality and all that stuff but there's some you cool guys don't stories. do
0: yourself justice man i looked at it last night and it's unreal i loved
1: oh, it okay isn't there yeah. a website
2: with videos too
1: yeah, you can go to. I think it's still up. I don't know if it's still up. It's like I think we did .org into the silent planet .org yeah, or something like that. Yeah, we had no idea. Yeah. So yeah, follow Instagram.
0: Li- I'll link it in the show notes. I'll I'll do the research for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You them, the yeah. You tell them. Yeah. Tell
1: us how they can reach us.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and then I'll and then I'll be uh, looking to maybe hang out with you guys one time when you're closer and I can ask you some more questions about what's going on with you, going on in life and stuff like that.
1: I'll see you you in
0: Ontario. Yeah, buddy. Thanks so much boys. And, uh, love being able to talk with you. Yeah. See you, man. Well, there you have it. Brad and Joel and Into the Silent Planet, like they said, they've got a book coming out. Um, Joel has been working on that. But what I love so much about this conversation is the fact that they said it all starts in your circle. If you're someone that is kinda just wanting to get involved with something, start making a difference with your life, start with what's going on in your life right now. Get people invited into the conversation. I thought that was absolute gold. And uh, man, I can't wait for this book to come out as well, because then it's got probably the stories upon stories of getting on each other's nerves, but also learning so much about themselves, but also as friends and their faith and just two guys that are absolutely incredible. And I can't wait to see what God does with them and what they keep doing with their lives. And hey. I just want to say thank you to listening to this pod for to you listening to this podcast. If you would like to like, write, share, subscribe, that would be greatly appreciated because that goes a long way. Um, just showing the love and the support from all of the listeners. So do those things if you feel comfortable. Actually, you know what? Just do it because it's great, and I would just love it. And uh, yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for listening to the Make Wake podcast. And hey always remember that you can and will make a difference with your life if you want to make that happen. So do that today. Peace out.